Well, good morning, friends. It is good to be with you in your homes. I'm really, really excited uh, for this morning. I think the next couple of weeks are going to be a lot of fun for us. But let me, be, let me start off with a little bit of confession. Uh, when all of this first started, the quarantining, the mandated stay-at-home orders first started, I was the cheerleader out front. Hey, guys, we can, when, I, when, I, when we finally got there, I was. Guys, we can do this. We can figure this out. This is going to be okay. We've talked about how to get the church into homes more and more often, and how do we have moms and dads rallying the spiritual conversations in their homes. So we've been praying for this for a long time, and the Lord is good, and he's kind, and he's given us this opportunity. Let's go get them. But... <laughs> But I'll have to tell you, lately, I'm just crotchy. <laughs> Y'all, I am at the end of the season. I'm a little salty. I've come to kind of the end of myself. And honestly, it's really hard to be, for me to even kind of be the cheerleader for us in this season right now. Um, and I'm finding something that I'm sure that you probably have experienced in your own home as well, uh, where your first response is probably not always your best response where you may be a little short, you may be a little snippy, you may be a little combative um, with the people that you love the most. And so uh, Jesus has this way of being very direct. He has this way of just pushing aside some of the surface level issues and really speaking to the heart of the matter about things. And I want to show you something that I've been thinking about Oh, for a while now. And it's found over in John 7, verse 38. Listen to what Jesus says about this. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now, question for us to consider this morning. Does that feel normal for you? Does it feel like you are living out of this abundant, soul-quenching life that Jesus doesn't just promise, but it invites you to experience. Like even now, when you and I might be getting squeezed a little bit, where we're feeling the pressure of the uncertainty of work, where your kids be around you like, like 24 hours a day, and it's difficult. But when you are getting squeezed, even in this season, does it feel like you just have rivers of this abundant life flowing outside of you? In John 13, 14, 15, and 16, you have this picture of Jesus right before the cross, and he's having these final moments with his disciples, those that have left everything to come and follow him, and Jesus speaks to, him, speaks to them about this idea of this abundant life that he has come and he's come to offer. And he gathers up his disciple for this one last conversation with him. And he says, listen, I'm gone. I'm, I'm about to go. I'm leaving. But where I'm going, you cannot follow. And so just imagine that if you are one of the followers of Jesus, one of his disciples, where for three years now, you have left your family You've left your career, you've left your job, you left your relationships, you've left everything behind, your friend, all of it behind to follow this man. And now he's telling you where he is going, you cannot go. Imagine what that must have felt like on their heart. Like, like Jesus, are you kidding me? We've abandoned it all. We've seen the unimaginable. 
We've seen you turn water to wine. We've seen you set people free. We've seen people literally raised from the dead. We've heard teachings that are we can't even wrap our minds around the brilliance of the revelation that you have taught us. And now you're telling me that where you're going, we cannot go? And I want you to see what Jesus replies, to, how Jesus replies to them. It's found in John 16, verse 6. Listen to what it says. Rather, you are filled with grief because of what I've just told you. That he's, not, that he's going away, that they cannot follow. Rather, you have been filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, which in other words, whenever you hear very truly, it's like, yo, listen up. This is important. You got to get this. Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And the disciples are saying, how in the world can you say it's for our good that you're going? No, Jesus, it's good that you're here with me, that you're right here, that I can see you, that I can, t- that I can like touch you, that I can listen to you, that I can hug you, I can wrap my arms around you. How can you say it's for my good that you go away? And Jesus says, listen, unless I go, I cannot send the advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come. And here's an important principle that I want you to wrap your brain around this morning. Listen, catch this part. Jesus can say that. Go to the next slide. Because the only thing better than Jesus next to you is the Holy Spirit with inside you. That the only thing better than Jesus next to you is the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, question for you to consider, a question for us to have this morning, a conversation is, is I'm not sure that many of us actually believe that's true. And I'm not sure how many of us not only believe that that is not true, but that we may not even experience it. So every couple years in our community, oh, about every other year, our community goes to Israel. And I remember my first trip, um, which was probably eight years ago. And I pray, hope, hope that makes sense for you to come join us on one of, this, one of our trips. It's remarkable, unbelievably powerful. And I hope that you'll pray, prayerfully consider joining us at one point or another. But I remember the very first time I was in Nazareth, Jesus' kind of hometown, and it's not real big. And I remember us walking around, and I remember being in the synagogue in Nazareth, and I remember thinking in my head, oh my gosh, my feet are literally walking where Jesus would have walked. And I remember thinking like, like deep inside of me, oh gosh, I would have given anything, anything just to be with Jesus. I would have given anything to follow him around, to hear his voice, to know what he may smell like, to see the things that he did, to witness the miracles, to hear the teachings. And you know what Jesus says about that? No. It's better that I go away. 
Because if I do not go, the Holy Spirit will not come. Because the only thing better than Jesus next to us is the Holy Spirit inside of us. And I'm not sure how many of us really believe that to be true. And I'm not sure how many of us actually experience that. Because if we want to talk about having these living waters of a life flowing outside of us, it cannot happen apart from being connected and fueled by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about why it's better this way. Why it's better this way. Why a life being connected and empowered and fused by the Holy Spirit is better lived that way. So, like you, I, I, I know that um, the last several weeks uh, in this quarantine kind of phase, man, it, it's been hard and I'm getting a little bored around my house and I've been doing a, a lot of yard work lately. And in fact, yesterday, I was trimming all my bushes in my front yard, trimming some trees, and I'm like, I want to work smarter, not harder. And so I kind of rake it all into the grass in the front yard, and I don't want to pick it up. And so I mulch it all up with the mower and just get those big branches and tear it all up and all of that. And so yesterday I did that. The only problem with that is, is whenever I do that, it goes everywhere, like all in my yard, in my garage, on the front uh, sidewalk. And so I get out my blower. And now picture this. I just, just a question for you to consider this morning. How many of you, if you saw me out in my front yard and my leaf blower was not plugged in and you saw me out in my front yard like this, like, like what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the deal with this? How many of you would think, oh, that's kind of funny, <laughs> you know, where you would kind of like get a little, little snicker and, and the more frustrated I get, how many of you would actually call like, like somebody like, hey guys, come here, check this out. Look at John over there. He's kind of an idiot. He doesn't even know what he's doing out there. And then how many of you would think it's really funny? The more frustrated I get, like I'm like, but this thing is not working. And so I start waving it back and forth and the, the leaves start to move just a little bit. And I'm out there blowing this like this. And then all of a sudden I get more frustrated. I'm like, here we go. And I start maybe blowing some of those leaves just a little. How many of you think, would think that's, oh, that's really funny? Or how many of you would walk out and say, John, let me, let me, let me show you something this morning. John. It's better this way. <laughs> it's just better this way if you remain connected, if you plug it in. Now, a question for you to consider this morning. I can't tell you honestly for myself and just when I kind of look at the landscape of for those that call themselves followers of Jesus, that, that me included, our lives look a lot like this. Not plugged in, and we're out there moving the leaves by, mowing it around, by blowing it around, and we're out. And we're trying real hard to blow the leaves. And we might see a few kind of move here and there. We're like, it's working, look at it. And we're putting our best effort into it, and we're exhausted, and we're tired, and let me just tell you, there's a really big gap between what I see and what I believe Jesus promises, because Jesus promises us this 
rivers of living water that are just flowing out of us when we remain connected to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus would say to us this morning, it's just better this way. It's better this way if you remain connected to the power of the Holy Spirit rather than you trying to do this on your own. And you know the only thing it requires? It requires you getting really tired. And it requires you giving up. And it requires you saying, I cannot do it anymore. This is unmanageable anymore. And Jesus says, finally, you're ready. Because I can now be the, the source and the power in your life rather than you being self-dependent. And so this morning, real quickly, I want to talk about why Jesus says it's better this way. Why it's better to live connected to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so as we get started this morning, I want us to look at the role and the goal of the Holy Spirit. But first, I want to make sure that we have just some very basic foundational understandings about things. And the first thing I want you to understand is that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is not your feelings, or the Holy Spirit is not good vibes that come. The Holy Spirit, friends, is the third member of the Trinity, meaning that the Holy Spirit is not an it, but the Holy Spirit is a person. It's the third member of the Trinity. Now, why is that important, that the Holy Spirit is not an it, but it's somebody that you can get to know? Now, this is my phone. Like, I can talk, this isn't it. I can talk with it or on it, but I don't have a dynamic relationship with my phone. And that is a very clarifying distinction about the role, about who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is not an it that we, that we just like our phone talk to, but it's a relationship that you and I get to enjoy. Now, the distinction about that is, listen, does having, there are things that Jesus likes. Jesus loves when we come to him with great joy in our hearts. Jesus loves when we come to him when we're troubled. Jesus loves when we come to him and we give him glory in our lives. Jesus, those are things that Jesus loves. He has things he likes. He has things he enjoys. He has things that he's up to. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a personality. The Holy Spirit has things that it is up to. It has an agenda. It has things that it wants to accomplish. And it is something that you and I, somebody that we can get to know. And so that may sound like semantics that we're tweaking this morning, but it's not. I just want to tell you it's foundational for us to understand that distinction. Okay, so what is the goal of the Holy Spirit? Well, a couple things how I kind of want to get there. The Holy Spirit loves to point to Jesus, to give Jesus glory, to give him honor. And let me show you what I mean. Up on the screens right now, you have a picture of the Trinity. And this should be familiar to you guys. We've walked through this in the, when we went through the Gospel of John. We've talked a lot about that. If you'll leave that up on the screens for me just as we're talking about this one section. And so um, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, 
what the Holy Spirit loves to do. And the Holy Spirit loves to point to Jesus. The Holy Spirit loves to point to the Son. You might even say it this way. The Holy Spirit loves to be behind the scenes, not taking center stage, saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, but rather kind of working behind the scenes, saying, look at him. There he is. He gets the glory. Look at him. Look at Jesus. Here he goes. Watch me empower him because he's about to unleash. That's what the Holy Spirit loves to do. The Holy Spirit's goal is always to point to Jesus. Now, as you're looking at this, you have to understand the dynamic. Now, listen, I understand that I'm trying to explain something incredibly complex, but I want you to understand the dynamic of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit loves to point to the Son and say, look at Jesus, look at him, it's all about him. And then what does Jesus do? Jesus says, don't look at me, look at him. Like when you see me, you see my Father. Not my will, but his will be done. And so the Son always points back to the Father. And then what does the Father do? The Father comes along and says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit will empower and point back to Jesus, and Jesus will point back to the Father, and the Father will point back to the Holy Spirit. Can you? And what is happening is, here in the relationship of the Holy Spirit, as C.S. Lewis kind of puts it, he says, this is the divine dance, where they constantly defer glory towards one another, where they're constantly saying, it's not about me, it's about him. It's not about him, it's about them. It's not about me, it's about them. And there's this constant deferring of, of, of the other. Now, just imagine with me for a second. One day when we get to heaven, can you imagine what that would look like if I rolled it, got to heaven, and I'm like, here I am, guys. Look at me. I'm a pretty big deal. Why would that not make sense? Because of the nature of the Trinity. The nature of the Trinity is always about deferring towards one another. It's this self, this, and they enjoy this selfless uh, selfless relationship where they're constantly deferring glory towards one another. That is the atmosphere of heaven. Do you want to know what hell on earth is like? People that are me-centered, me-focused. Me-centered, me-focused, where I take center stage. I'm the most important. Why? Because it's not the atmosphere of heaven. It's not how God has designed you and I to live. And so very, very clearly this morning, next slide, The Holy Spirit exists to give Jesus glory in your life. That is why the Holy Spirit exists, to bring Jesus the most glory in your life. Now, I'm going to say something that may sound a little off, but please hang hang in there with me for just a second. And I want you to catch the nuance of this, of what I'm about to say. Does the Holy Spirit exist primarily to get you through that difficult circumstance? Does the Holy Spirit exist to help you raise really good kids? Does the Holy Spirit exist primarily to help you in your marriage, to help you with your career, to help you make decisions? And I want you to listen to this part. I think the answer is no. And here's why I believe that to be not the primary reason the Holy Spirit exists. Because that puts me at the center of the equation. And you and I are never created to be at the center of the equation. 
It is not a me-first, me-centered life, but a Jesus-first, Jesus-centered life. The Holy Spirit primarily exists in your life to, so that it will empower you to bring glory to Jesus. So that when you walk through the difficult circumstances with your kids, you can point and say, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And it brings him glory. When you're struggling at your job and you're walking through it with peace and somebody says, how in the world are you so sane right now? Well, you don't point to yourself because it's not primarily about bringing you glory, but it's about pointing back to him. And so I think the role of the Holy Spirit is to bring Jesus the most glory in your life. And so please jump in, have a conversation about that. I think that's a real important nuance for us to consider this morning. And so if the goal of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to point back to Jesus, how does that actually happen? I mean, very practically, what role does the Holy Spirit play in our, in our lives? And so, real quickly, as we kind of get wrap things up this morning, I want to unpack just a little bit about some of the roles of the Holy Spirit, um, what its job is or what its function is. And I want to be clear, we should spend all semester talking about this. There is no way for us to build the house on a couple Sunday mornings. It would take us forever. But this morning, all we're going to be doing is laying just some foundational understandings and foundational works about the goal or about the role of the Holy Spirit. And so I want us to look at John 14, 26 for the first thing. Let's look at that together. John 14, 26 says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you, listen to this, all things and, what does it say? And it will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life? It's the teacher. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. Jesus says that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be your 24-7 teacher that will take up residency inside of you, that will show you how to live, how to bring the most glory to Jesus in your life. And how does he, do, how does he do, do that? Look at what the scripture says. And he does that by reminding you, by reminding you of everything that he has said. Or in other words, the Holy Spirit has inspired God's words. And that's why it's essential, friends, for me and you to have a steady diet of getting God's words tucked up inside of us because you cannot be reminded of something that you've never heard. And so for you and I to have a steady diet of getting God's word inside of us so that the Holy Spirit can remind me, oh yeah, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus, right? Those are things that the Holy Spirit will remind you of, but we have, to be, we have a role and responsibility as well to have a steady diet. Now here's the thing I want to tell you about having a good teacher. Now, let's pretend that, that I'm learning to play golf which after 20-something years, it still looks a little bit that way. But let's just imagine that I have uh, signed up to take golf lessons. And you know who my teacher is? Tiger Woods. And so me and Tiger head out to the driving range, and I'm lining up, and I'm kind of getting ready to grab the club and take some swings. And Tiger says, now, John, when you, <laughs> when you start your grip, your grip is a little, I got it. I, I got it. I know what I'm doing. 
And then he starts teaching me and coaching me a little bit more. Now, now, John, when I saw you bring your stroke back, I really want you to, no, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. I know what I'm doing. I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, I want you, John, to put your, your hips into a little bit and drive that ball. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I, I kind of I know what I'm doing. And now here's the thing I want you to see this morning. Here's the thing. You can have the world's greatest teacher, but if you don't have a teachable spirit, you've squandered it. You've wasted it. And every time that I say to the Holy Spirit, no, 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 I got it, I got it, let me, let, no, I got I got it. We're squashing and squelching the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. A teachable spirit comes and says, would you teach me? Would you reveal to me? Would you bring revelations? Friends, as Jason talked about just a couple minutes ago, that's why we are asking and encouraging you to jump into one of our disciple-making groups with us this summer, one of the groups that I or my family or some of the other members in our community are going to be leading because we want people to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit, not John Hinkiebein, be your teacher. And so we want to have a teachable spirit as we come to God's word and it's appropriate for us to say as we open the scriptures, God, I'm available. Would you teach me? Would you bring revelation? And so the first role of the Holy Spirit is to be our teacher. The next is this. Let's look at John 14. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. Listen to what it says. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or another word there is counselor, it may say in your Bibles, another counselor to help you and to be with you forever. Friends, are you worried about your future? Are you worried that you not going to know how to kind of go about moving forward? Have you lost your temper? Have you been short with your kids? Have you been short with your spouse? You need a counselor. And Jesus has said, I'm going to give you the best counselor, not to be resident, not to be in resident with you, but inside of you. Now, I don't know if you have any friends that are counselors, but they're really remarkable. Do you know how refreshing it is to, for me to go talk to maybe one of my friends that is a counselor and me to kind of come unraveled and just start venting and talking about all the stuff I'm stressing about and worried about and don't have peace about. You know what they never do? John, how dare you? What are you thinking? No, no, no. Every single time they pause and they help me step back and see the bigger landscape, the bigger perspective of what is going on with my circumstances. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. It's not how dare you feel this way, but it helps you step back and it brings peace to the circumstances and helps you understand maybe with a little bit more clarity. And that thing in your life may never get fixed. That circumstance may never come to a resolution, but the Holy Spirit would give you peace so that you can walk right through it. The word there, uh, advocate, could also be translated comforter. And why would Jesus call the Holy Spirit our comforter? Now, shocker, it's because you and I are designed to be uncomfortable. You are designed to be stretched, to be refined, to be put back to be together, to be uncomfortable so the Holy Spirit can comfort you. One of the marks, friends, 
of a mature follower of Jesus Christ is that they are constantly uncomfortable. That they are constantly being stretched and putting themselves in circumstances where they're like, oh my God, if you don't show up, Jesus, this ain't going to happen. Like, I have to depend on you. That is the mark of a mature follower of Jesus Christ. Somebody that is willing to be on comforter so that the Holy Spirit can comfort us. Next, and lastly, it's this. Next slide. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Listen to what John 16, 13 says. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, what does it say? He will guide you into all truth. He will not only speak on his, he will, excuse me, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit, friends, is active. It's an active guide in our life that leads us, that directs us, that teaches us how we shall live. Now, I want us to be very clear and very confident about this this morning. The way that the Holy Spirit will guide you will always align with Scripture. It will always align with Scripture. That's why it's essential for you and I to have that steady diet of getting God's Word inside of us. You can be 100% confident that the Holy Spirit will never guide you out of anything that we see in Scripture, what is revealed in Scripture. That's why when somebody says something like, oh, I don't know, this is, like, I'm, I'm, I like going to church, but I don't really want to be known or connected. You can be very confident that's not flowing out of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you and I are designed to be connected to the body, to be known, to care for one another, to feel the privilege of being connected together in community because the Holy Spirit will always align with what we see in God's Word. God's Word it will always guide us. I can't tell you how many conversations that I have had where I'm sitting down maybe with a couple and I feel the Holy Spirit guiding me. And they're talking about this issue maybe in their marriage or they're struggling with. And yet the Holy Spirit is guiding me in something else. And I think, man, I'm crazy. Y'all, I'm crazy. I'm thinking about this and I'm supposed to be listening to you. And I speak up and I say, listen, I feel like this is what God's heart is for you. And I can't tell you how time and time again how the Holy Spirit will guide me and nudge me and I think that I'm crazy and the thing that I'm crazy enough just to spit out is actually the thing that needs to be heard the most. And it aligns with God's character. It aligns with the scripture. And so I want to I encourage you this morning, a thought for us, that although it may feel crazy to follow the nudge of the, of the Holy Spirit, let's be crazy together. Let's have enough courage and faith to be willing to step out under the prompting and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. One last thing before we wrap up this morning. I heard a story about a theologian named R.T. Kendall. And he tells this story about a young missionary that was sent from their home church to live in Israel, to do missionary work in Israel. And when this young couple moved in, they moved into this apartment, and on the eve of their apartment, kind of the roof area, when they moved in, they noticed <coughs> that a dove was there. And the young couple loved having this little dove kind of make its home above their residence. 
And what they began to notice as kind of time went on, as young couples and older couples kind of been married a long time do, when they fight or when they raise their voices towards one another or they slam the door maybe a little extra loud out of frustration, they noticed that the dove would always fly away. And one day, the husband went to his wife and said, how do you feel about the dove in our home? And the wife said something brilliant. She said, I feel like it's God's presence just hovering over us in our house. That it's a symbol of God's peace and hope for us in the season that we find ourselves in. And I'm so afraid that every time we get in an argument or we get frustrated or we raise our voice, it flies off. It's not going to return. And the husband said this to her. Well, then we only have really a couple of choices. Either we adjust to the dove or the dove has to adjust to us. Friends, what a powerful picture for you to consider this morning. Because the truth is the Holy Spirit is not going to adjust to us so we get to adjust to life in the Spirit. What would it look like for you and I to really host the presence of the Holy Spirit let him be our teacher, to let him be our counselor, to let him be our guide in our lives. So we let our lives adjust to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit.